feel like God coming through, like some type of superpower. Like God is amazing. Um, I'm glad our pastor was able to get some rest. Amen. You know, it's uh, a lot of uh, trust when you think about how uh, God gives us opportunity to be able to just uh, maybe sometimes, you know, be in charge and pastor trust me enough to leave out of town. And uh, he, when he comes back, we still going to be intact. Amen. Um, and I'm not worthy. I don't deserve it. And so I don't take it lightly. Um, I always, it's rough the night before trying to make sure that I can get some rest or some sleep because I'm thinking about what I got to do in the morning, make sure the church is open, make sure the doors, make sure we get some ventilation going on because we don't got no AC, um, make sure the programs are where they're supposed to be, and then hopefully people show up. <laughs> and so, so it's a little nerve-wracking. Uh, so continue to pray for our pastor uh, because I just get a little glimpse, and this is what he deals with every Sunday. Um, and so just kind of speaking of what God is doing in my life right now, is amazing. Um, I'm very fortunate to be able to see God moving and knowing, and not only just to see him moving, being able to recognize who it is. Amen. Amen. And uh, so last night, as Pastor said, I got in from uh, Modesto. A uh, shout out to my boy Gene, who was holding it down on the road, driving. Uh, God is amazing. Um, blood couldn't make us any closer. Um, and I thank, I thank God for him. Um, helps me and definitely sharpens me. Um, as iron sharpens iron, as steel sharpens steel. Amen. Um, and so I just thank God for, for him, my wife, uh, who is constantly making sure I got my stuff together. Uh, <laughs> making sure I need, even though, you know, it's funny how, and you know, this, we're, this correlates to, to God, how we do God. When God is trying to help us, sometimes we can get frustrated with him. Right? And so sometimes, you know, she's telling me what I need to do, but I don't want to hear it. Right? You know how it is? It's like, I know what I need. And then I get on the road and I forget, right? And then I call her like, what happened to the, I told you, I put it by the microwave. But you said I got this, and now you don't. And the last, uh, the <laughs> la last situation, uh, I was headed out to Fontana, and um, we went to the grocery store, and I was getting my, I've been on my meal prepping, I'm down eight, nine pounds, so a shout out to God, hold me down in the gym. Uh, and uh, she, we got some food, and so I was getting home, and last minute, I should have had all this stuff together, but we had, I had my meals, and, and so she had put my stuff together, and she was like, did you get your toothbrush? I was like, yeah, I got it, whatever. She put it inside, uh, she put it, packed it near my food, because she knew I wasn't going to forget my food, so she put it in the refrigerator in the bag. So I was like, cool, but I, I didn't get it. I didn't see it. I grabbed my food, and I forgot my potatoes, which I really wanted, so I was out there. We was on the road, and... Then all my food leaked into our, our cooler, and anyway, God sends you what you need. It's up to us to recognize when he's trying to help. And so uh, this is so fitting for our text today. Um, and so before we get started with our, our scriptures today, let's take a recap, because we've been off for a while. We had our youth Sunday. We had uh, Dr., uh, Dr. Ellis come and, and preach a word, so we need to recap a little bit. And so where we left off was 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 11 through 16. And Paul was addressing how we know God. 
how do you know God? Um, Paul says that without the Spirit of God, we cannot know God. Without the Spirit of God, you can't know God. And so uh, Pastor Meek says that we can't see the things God has given us because we lack the Spirit when we see, when we're looking. We don't have the Spirit. We're not aligned with the Spirit, so therefore we can't recognize God's movement. Pastor shared that we are supposed to be totally dependent upon God. Not a little bit, not halfway, but totally dependent upon God. Pastor also shared that you can't be who God wants you to be in your own strength. That rocked me to my core. You can't be who God wants you to be, who he desires you to be, unless you're in his spirit. Unless you allow the Holy Spirit to have his way, you will not get to where God wants you to go. The question he asks, are you allowing the Spirit to lead your life? That's a question that we all must answer. Are you allowing the Spirit of God to lead your life? It's either yes or no. It's a yes or no question. Are you allowing the Spirit of God to lead your life? And a lot of times we like to, right, it's, it becomes a gray area for us. But God's saying, no, either you're allowing the Spirit of God to use you or you're not. You're either walking in the spirit or you're walking in your flesh. Christians, uh, the Christian ways we talk about walking in the spirit of God, Christian behavior, Christian patterns, it's foolishness to the world. It doesn't make sense. Uh, The word can't be comprehended in our way because without the spirit of God, we won't be able to translate. It doesn't make sense. As one commentator put it, it's like, uh, he said, a person trying to explain to a monument a nuclear physics. It just doesn't make sense. You're not, it's not going to grasp what's going on. So for us as believers, as Christians, we have to be walking in the spirit. Pastor shared that, uh, it, it's, that we have to submit ourselves to God. And we wrestle with that. Submission. We live in, we live in a time where it, we're supposed to be independent. I got me. I'm about, I, I, I got this. I don't need no help. Right? We got self-help books to tell you all these things about how you can do it by yourself. You don't need anybody. People who are at the top have that same mindset. You don't need anybody. You can do this on your own. And so that's why it's so challenging for us when we step into the church, when we step into the body, we try to isolate ourselves and navigate through this thing on our own, and we keep bumping our heads. Because God is saying, I didn't call you to be independent. I called you to be interdependent. The body of Christ, when we get together, when we all hit the arms, the feet, the eyes, the nose, the mouth, working together, something miraculous happens. But too often we are trying to do this Christian thing by ourselves. I was there. Sometimes I'm still there, as I shared earlier. Like, I, don't, I got this. I don't need no help. I know how to pack my bags. And God's saying, look, if you would just allow me to take that burden off you, then you could concentrate on something else that I want you to do. 
It, will, it just, um, another th- a note that I took that it just won't make sense uh, to those who don't believe. So stop trying to, uh, when we're talking to people who don't know God, we spend way too much time trying to make them understand. It's like, no, you, this, you got you to gotta look at it like this. They're not going to receive it because the Bible says the person without the Spirit does not accept the things with, that come from the Spirit. It doesn't make sense because they don't have the Spirit within them. I don't understand why you're not cussing your supervisor out after they talk to you crazy. It just doesn't make sense to them. But because you belong to God, you understand that this person is not my Lord. This person is not my master. I know who I belong to. When the foes, when you have enemies who are, you know, you got those gossips, those people talking behind your back, you take it personal. You start, you want to, that flesh rises up. And God's saying, in the Bible, he says that vengeance is mine. I shall repay. But too often we want to repay. Because it's like, no, God, I know you said you got it, but I got, I got something better. I'm about to do this. Watch. Watch when they see me in the parking lot. It's on. They done cut me off for the last time. Right? And I took my lunch. I'm tired of this. God's saying, vengeance is mine. I shall repay. So do we allow God to work it out? Right? And so, and this is something that we wrestle with. We struggle with this because even as we'll see in the text today, the Corinthians were wrestling with this, understanding that, wait, it's God? I thought it was me. It's, no, Paul was trying to get them to understand that it's not you. You have to be walking in the Spirit of God because in this world, you're going to face obstacles. You're going to face challenges. You're going to have gossips, right? You're going to have obstacles in your life, but I, the the living God am there to support you. I am, and not only this, he said, look, you, you can't do it. And the fact that you can't do it, I'm going to give my, I'm going to give you my spirit because you can't do it without me. So our title today is From Milk to Meat. From Milk to Meat. To all my vegetarians out there, I didn't forget about you. I thought of something maybe like from soy to tofu. You know what I'm saying? Like, I I wanted to make sure this message was all inclusive. I didn't want to just leave it for the carnivores, you know, us who love meat. And y'all know how I love Wingstop. And it's been a long time since I done had some Wingstop. God has been helping me. She said, two weeks? So the Spirit of God, you you have to walk in the Spirit of God so you don't say what you want to say, you know. But it's been more than two weeks, amen. Um, I've been having to screenshot my trainer what I eat. And sometimes when he don't hear from me, he knows what's going on. I noticed I didn't get an email today. What's going on? Uh, About that. Walking in the flesh. (laughs) Um, But from milk to meat, getting to the text, we're at uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 1 through 4, and it says, Brothers and sisters, I cannot address you as people who live by the Spirit, but as people who still live worldly, mere infants in Christ. I gave you milk, 
not solid food, for you were not ready for it. Indeed, you still are not ready. You are still worldly. For since there is jealousy and quarreling among you, are you not worldly? Are you not acting like mere humans? For when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere, mere human beings? So we look at our text, Paul, in verse 1, addresses the Corinthians' immaturity. Paul addresses them as carnal people instead of people who are living by the Spirit. And in the Greek word here, worldly, or translated, uh, some of your texts may say carnal, uh, the word sarkiko, the Greek word sarkiko means pertaining to the flesh, bodily, temporal. So he says that you uh, Corinthians are not people who are walking by the Spirit, but people who are walking according to the flesh. It's important to note that he's talking to believers. See, we were like, oh, he's talking to the world. It's the, it ain't us. No, he was talking to the, the body. He said, you who proclaim Jesus Christ to be your Lord are acting fleshly. Sarkikos, you are wor- walk, you're so focused about the temporal, the temporary. You're not walking in the spirit. Corinthians had not applied the basic fundamentals of Christ. Paul had given them the appropriate food because they were babes in Christ. And see, he was hoping that just like when we have infants and and babies, when Nala was little, we gave her milk. When she was little, we gave her milk. And as she got older, she got to solid food. And now, you know, she still loves milk, but (laughs) she's always in our plate. Can I have some? Can I have some? But Paul was hoping that, okay, look, Corinthians, he, he gave them some milk with the hopes that when I come back, you would be able to, I can give you some more solid food now. But they were still on milk. So we see here that we are called to grow in Christ. He addressed their lack of growth because their choice to not apply God's word left them immature. I would like to extract from the text here that maturity in Christ is a choice. Growing in God is a choice. A lot of times we like, oh, this person came into the church, pastor got them doing this, and they over here, because maturity is a choice. Making yourself available to be used is a choice. So as Christians, as believers, we, too often we like, oh, I need to do this, I need to make yourself available. Make yourself available to allow God to use you. Because being mature in Christ is a choice. God gives us the tools, the resources, but it is up to us to apply those tools and resources to our lives. God says, okay, you want to grow in me? Read your Bible. Pastor shared in his last sermon, you come to me for help, I say, okay. I look in the scripture, I speak to God, okay, this is what I'm believing that he's telling me to tell you. I tell you that information, we could check back in a week. Did you do what I asked you to do? No. So why are you back? Until you apply what I give you. Pastor is showing me now, I'm going through it myself. Some of the same things, Nathan, this is what I want you to do. I want you to reach out to this person. I want you to follow up with this person. 
And it's just like, why do I have to? I'm trying to get you to grow. So then when it comes back, did you check out to such and such? Uh, see, what happened was, but everybody wants the platform. Everybody wants the, right? We want to, I want to be out there. I want to be speaking. And so when I think about how God is using me, before I got to the platform, before I had the platform, God was preparing me to be a steward over the little things. Can you show up to this group when it's only two people showing up every week? I want you to get in, I want you to get in habit of serving me regardless of who's in front of you. So, like I said, we, we take for granted that God's, we take for granted his grace, his mercy. And so we'll say, I'll get together. I'll get, not today, but tomorrow. Tomorrow I'll wake up and pray. T- tomorrow might be too late. Amen. We got a baby clapping. Amen. So when you think about what God is doing in our lives, too often we forget that God is the head and he sends people the resources that we need to get closer to him. Amen. And so we can come, become too busy or, and, and we look at the, as the Corinthians did, they were very knowledgeable, but they weren't wise. God's calling us to be wise. And the difference between knowledge and wisdom is the application. See, a knowledgeable person says that, okay, I know that I shouldn't entertain these inappropriate conversations because it's only a matter of time before I slip up. A wise person says, I'm just going to go the other way. See, the Corinthians knew a lot. There's a lot of people who know, knew a lot who are in jail. They, you can go to them. They can tell you a lot of information, but lack wisdom. It's the application. What separates us is the application. You look at pastor, even you look at our pastor. Man, I don't know how he, he's out there every week and hugging us, and he's following up on personal situation. He knows my birthday. It's the application. It's the application. It's the trust. It's God. I'm, I'm leaning. It's when I wake up in the morning, I drop to my knees. Lord, thank you. Help me to do what you called me to do. Help me not to walk in my own strength because it's only a matter of time before I collapse. It's not pastor. It's the God in him. Verse 2. Paul gave the Corinthians food that was suitable for their condition. Paul, when he first had, was talking to them, he said, look, I'm going to give you this milk because right now you're a babe in Christ. That's all you can handle. When Nala came out of the womb, we weren't giving her steak. Right? She, she wasn't having smoothies. <laughs> she was given milk because it was appropriate for her situation. I had the privilege of... Uh, Discipline, uh, not disciplining, but discipling. Um, and I had to remind myself that everybody's not where I am. And what I believe to be common sense for a spiritual person is not, per se, common sense to a spiritual person. And if I'm honest with myself, I don't even think I am where I think I am. 
Because sometimes we can look at somebody else's situation and say, why do they keep bumping their head in that situation? Why do they keep doing that? And then we look at our lives as God holds up that mirror and says, hmm, it's interesting that you still are in the same boat. I've been talking to you about your finances for the past two years. So this person might have a drug addiction. This person might have a drinking problem. But you are still caught up in milk when it comes to your finances. So we look at situations and and we look at, okay, God, I want to do this. He gives us what we need for our situation. How come pastor keeps telling me to do the same thing? How come he, keeps, he, he recites the same parables? He given, he's giving us what we need for our situation. See, a good shepherd is going to give you what's suitable for you. So like Paul, he said, look, I'm going to give you this milk right now because that's all you can handle. And then what? Guess what? We fast forward, he comes back and he said, you, you, I, you still... Not, I can't even move to the next thing. I would love to talk about the visions that I've seen of God, but you can't even handle the resurrection. Yeah, yeah. You can't even handle loving one another. Yeah. So how can I give you these things? The truth of the matter is, I only know what I know because God has chose to reveal it to me. God gives us a glimpse of what maturity tastes like, and sometimes we choose to stay on milk. As I said, maturity is a choice. Stop what you're doing and imagine two grown people drinking on the bottle right now. Sad. Y'all laughing like that's, that's silly, Pastor. It is. But if we were to translate that in our lives, some of us are drinking from bottles and situations where we should be sitting down having a nice New York strip, you know, a nice 14-ounce steak. But because we are choosing to have milk, and then when you think about this, when we choose to be immature, somebody's missing a blessing. You're hindering those around you because of your choices. See, the more I allow God to use me, the more I can show people by the way I'm walking, not what I'm talking about. So it's easier for you to receive what I'm saying when you see me modeling that behavior. Like Corinthians, Paul was saying, look, this is what... Christ did for me, so, but b- before you get here, before you go around preaching and teaching and laying hands, what I need you to do is understand that he died, he rose, and he commands you to love your brother and sister. Right. City Church Sacramento, loving God and loving others. Loving God and loving others. It's so rich. We've been called to love God, and then with that love that, we've, that, we, that is borrowed from God, we're called and commanded to love one another. And we wrestle with that. Because I don't like the way they're looking at me. I heard that they was, how come they always got it? That marks evidence that you are not walking in the Spirit. So we see that Corinthia, that uh, Paul had given them something that was suitable for their situation. God desires to teach us, but will start us off with what we can handle. But before you start judging, examine yourself. What situations are you still on Similac? 
Where is God saying, I want to grow, I want to mature you in this area, but you are choosing to stay on milk. I would love to increase your finances, but you're irresponsible with the little funds that you have. I, let me, I, I'm going to be honest with you guys. So I do any speaking engagements, that's extra income. And God has always been showing me, Nathan, I want you to do right with what you do have. And if you do right with what you do have, I'll increase. But the thing is, I know you. I created you. I formed you. And so the money that you do have, you don't take responsibility. You're not financially responsible. And so what I don't want to happen is you to destroy yourself. And so what I'm going to do is give you what you can handle. And then I'm going to give you a glimpse of what you could have, then what you can have if you operate in me. But I'm not going to give it to you until you're ready. So we look at people who have money, and there's a study that say that if, uh, you know, people who have financial issues are given more money, the only thing that's going to happen is they're going to go deeper in debt. Deeper in debt because of their choices. Because of their choices. Not because there's some magical formula, it's because of their choices. People who, have, who are wealthy make wealthy choices. Wealthy choices. And so we must grow in God. Verse 3, Paul addresses them as still being worldly, still being temporal because of their behavior. He marks them as immature because of their behavior. Note that. It wasn't because he had heard, he had seen, and for himself that they were still operating in the flesh, that they were quarreling, that they were jealous of one another. Paul is saying that the world operates in jealousy and quarreling, but as Christians, we should be peacemakers. If you are in the Spirit of God, you won't behave in such a manner as jealousy or quarreling, right, of anger, because you're walking in the Spirit. The same person talking to the Corinthians told the Galatians in chapter 5, verses 13 through 18, that you, my brothers and sisters, were called to be free. But do not use your freedom to indulge in flesh. Rather, serve one another humbly in love. Same author. Satan stirs jealousy and quarrels, but it is the Spirit of God is the one that is able to conquer and captive and make thoughts obedient to the mind of God, keeps peace. People, my, my coworker um, doesn't understand. She's, she's seen me be lied on. She's seen it, and it's mind-boggling to her, my response. How come you're not in their face? How come you're not writing a letter? How come you're not going to the, to the boss? How come you're not doing something about, a situ- about this situation? Oh, if you only knew. The amount of time that I spend in my prayer closet. The amount of time that I spend reading and asking God to keep my tongue. That I may be able to be a witness for his name. See, I understand that if this situation turns me ugly, the first thing that's going to come out of their mouth is, but I thought you was a Christian. I thought you were a pastor. So I can't operate in my own strength, and trust me, it's hard. But the more you lean on God, the easier it becomes. 
And so some of my prayers may sound like, Lord, get them before I do. Help me. Help me. And so we see that God wants to grow us. He wants to mature us, but it's a lack of uh, responsible choices on our behalf. And we also see that um, if, we are, if we want to move from milk to meat, to meat, we have to recognize the enemy. We have to recognize when Satan is trying to destroy our witness. He wants us insane. He wants us doing the same thing over and over and over, expecting a different result. Live by the Spirit. Live by the Spirit. Lastly, verse 4. Going to, back to the Corinthians, looking at verse 4, he says that, for when one says, I follow Paul, and another, I follow Apollos, are you not mere human beings? I want to take you back to, as I said, uh, Paul, the same author, wrote the book of, of uh, Galatians, and he says that in the letter to the Galatians, he says in chapter 5, verses 14, for the entire law is fulfilled in keeping this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. If you bite and devour each other, Watch out or you will be destroyed by one another. So I say in verse 16, walk by the Spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the flesh desires what is contrary to the Spirit and the Spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another so that you do not do what you want. But if you are in the Spirit, you are not under such law. As we close, we're thinking about one, that the, the Corinthians had got caught up into this thing is that they had these cliques and these sects saying, no, I rock with, I rock with, with, with Paul. And others was like, no, I rock with Apollos because the way he used that Greek and then he flipped that other thing and he got the gold <laughs> rings, right? And so they, would, they started clicking up. And so you had, you had Satan sitting back, right, looking and like, okay, that's all I wanted. I, I, I want you to be confused. I, I want you to be separated. I want one to rock with Paul. I want another to rock with Apollos. So, Paul says, walk in the Spirit. If you are walking in the Spirit, you won't get caught up in these games because you will be able to recognize the enemy. You will be able to see Satan when he's coming after you. See, the biggest problem for, uh, one of the biggest problems that Christians have is we don't Walk in the Spirit, and so we can't recognize the enemy. If, if we were just to walk in the Spirit, we would see when, the, when, when your, your, your employment is not going how you want it to. We would see that the people around you who, who are gossiping, those people who are trying to distract you, you would recognize the enemy for who he is. And you would understand that you have power if you're walking in God. Yesterday, I had the privilege to speak to over a thousand people in Fresno. And before I went out, I said, God, thank you for this opportunity. But help me to give them something that points to you. Help me to give them something that points to you. And so God did, He won me up. He, he just, He did. Uh, above that, he also reminded me, as he said, we spoke, I spoke it in church, and God was reminding me that 
Remember who you belong to. They could have rented anywhere. They rented a church. They could have rented any building, but they rented a church. See, I recognized God speaking to me through the situation. See, I was, oh, okay, yeah, God is calling me here, but God was reminding me, Nathan, you can see this platform, you're going to speak to all these people, but remember who gave you the opportunity. And so as we come to a close, I want you to understand that you have to be aware of Satan. You have to walk in the spirit. The Corinthians' immaturity was a choice. God had given them through Paul the milk with the hopes that they would grow to solid food. And God is giving us milk in certain areas of our life with the hopes that we will mature into solid food. Maturity is the choice. And so the question that we have to ask ourselves is, are we going to grow? Are we going to mature from milk to meat? We have to make sure that God is in charge. And, we, when, when, and when we understand that God is in charge, it's not you. It's not your own strength. It's, it's really trusting God. Everything that I've been able to do, it's not, it's not me. So the first thing people say, how did you do that? How did you get up there? My sister texted me last night. Were you scared? How, how? It's God. It's not me. So my challenge to you and to all of you, my charge is that understand that maturity is a choice and we all have to make a decision. Lean on God. Lean on God and watch him work. Amen? Amen. Amen. Amen.